You know, maybe we should stop talking about how Ivan Pace Jr. went undrafted and instead consider what the Minnesota Vikings saw in him that prompted them to sign him as an undrafted free agent. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode. It is Wednesday, May 10th, and that means we are now 115 days away, just 115 days away from the Bearcats season opener against Eastern Kentucky Saturday, September 2nd. On today's show, I am pleased to be joined by the host of Locked On Vikings, Luke Braun. The Vikings just signed Ivan Pace Jr. to an undrafted free agent contract. Luke, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today's show. I know our fans are appreciative of you explaining us what the Vikings saw in Ivan Pace Jr. that prompted them to sign him. So what did they see? I It's interesting what they look for in linebackers. Brian Flores is really big on guys that can stack up a block and shed it. That's like the biggest thing he always talks about. So I have to imagine Ivan Pace has that skill set. Although after the draft, things get you, get you get a little bit less rigid about what you like and don't like in players. And you're just looking for guys who you think can make the team. And Ivan Pace really does have a chance to make the Vikings forget draft pedigree. If you look at the group the Vikings are putting out there, um, their starting linebackers are pretty much set. They'll have Brian Osamoa, you might remember from Oklahoma last year, uh, and Jordan Hicks, who's been in the league for a while. Um, Those are going to be the two guys starting, and they don't often have a third linebacker out there, uh, except for like super specific sub packages. So beyond that, you have Troy Dye, who has been sort of disappointing out of Oregon. He's sort of a depth guy, special teams guy. Guys like Troy Reader, who was a bad starter on the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, he was a starter on a Super Bowl team, but he was kind of the weak link on that defense that got hit a lot. And like a whole bunch of other undrafted free agents. Like it is a wide open group. So I I guess the question becomes, can Ivan Pace be enough of an asset on special teams. That's always what gets these guys to, to make the team in camp to shed that undrafted label and instead be a guy on the 53 man roster. And the next camp, he's the guy someone else is gunning for his job instead of the other way around, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's, those are great points you bring up there. The fact that special teams is a way to make your way onto the team. But do you think that his, because he is undersized, let's be honest, I'll be honest about that, even though I think he's a fantastic player, having covered him as the host of a daily, as the host of Lockdown Bearcats, but do you think the Vikings are concerned about his his lack of size for your typical linebacker? Well, probably, otherwise they would have drafted him, right? Um, I mean, they're clearly on his list, somebody that they're aware of, right? but they didn't want to actually spend a pick on him. They went and took a UAB running back instead in the seventh round. So probably that is something that, that they have concerns about. But after the draft, you bring him into camp and say, Hey, you know, we'll give you a shot to to overcome that. 
And and look at who we have starting right now in Brian Asamoah, very undersized linebacker who is very like dodge, duck, dip, dive and dodge. And he, he'll get around guys and he'll evade guys. And he 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 plays the game he has to play. And yeah, if, if Ivan Pace can do that, then there totally is a backup role that's wide open for him to go win. But even if he doesn't win, go make a couple of plays on the punt cover team and you can convince Matt Daniels to pound the table for you on cutdown day. Yeah, I totally agree. So what do you think? I don't know how much tape you've watched of Ivan Pace Jr., but I haven't gotten to him at all yet. So it's okay. it's all you. <laughs> all right. So, oh, OK, so I'll kind of help you here then. But I want to ask you from what you know, what do you think he can bring to the Bearcats? I, I'm not the Bearcats. I wrote that down on my question, but um, the Vikings, what do you think he can bring to the Minnesota Vikings? So I mean, the answer is depth. The answer is backup Asamoa. Um, okay. It's, it's typically going to be a sub package role too. I think uh, if if he does get in at all, unless it's like okay, guys got injured and he actually just has to come in and and play. Um, the way that that new defense is working, they just hired Brian Flores. It's a different defense. The way that that new defense works with linebackers, you do kind of have one guy who's typically a little bit more involved in the run fit on the strong side, and then another guy who is um, going to be asked to do a little bit more in the coverage responsibility. Asamoa has that ladder job. I'm going to guess Ivan Pace being undersized is asked to do that ladder job a little bit more, but it, it, it they go back and forth, and it's always a mix. Um, so it's not like hyper, hyper specialized like you would see in like a Madden type video game, you know? Um so I think that's what they're looking for with him. And it's it's an instincts thing, right? Like that's what people really like about it. that's that's what what got yeah. him so much hype in the draft is that it's he he knows what he's looking at. Uh and that, that's so huge, especially you're competing for roster spots with other undrafted free agents that might be really raw, that might be new to new to the position, safety converts, you know, guys that play D-line and need to back off and and maybe don't have those sort of off-ball you know, one Oh alignment, uh, instincts that, that can help him find his way through a run fit and not get locked up by a guard. That's, you know, 80 pounds heavier than him. That's going to be what it comes down to. But I, but I, again, you know, I, I keep pounding the special teams drum. That's going to be really important. I'll say this. You mentioned instincts. If there's anything that Ivan Pace Jr. did last year that was really impressive, Luke, it's he knew where the ball was going on almost every single play. There's a re- that's that's the reason why he ended up with 137 tackles. That's the reason why he was American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year. That's the reason why he was unanimous first team All-American. And we can look at the the, the total numbers from Ivan and Dane Brew guide the beast this on-field demeanor being violent that stands out to me mm-hmm. and I, i'm shocked still I'm projected fourth round pick by brugler to being undrafted i it was shocking to me based off what i saw last year now then again he didn't ever play at a power five level he is undersized and that's to your point about him having to make probably on special teams. But at the end of the day, this guy 
from what I've seen, and I think you're going to really like it. Excuse me, Luke. I think you're going to really like his high motor. I think you're going to really like the way he has a nose for the football. He seems to know where the football is going. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I think that's only going to be increased by the fact that he went undrafted after maybe being told, and I don't really know if he gets caught up in projections or in what people are saying outside of his inner circle. But I think when he, when a guy like him goes undrafted, that's only going to motivate him that much more. All right, coming up. So we're going to talk about with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, how Ivan Pace Jr. can find his way onto the roster. And the Vikings, they have some connections to Cincinnati. They have, they've had some Bearcats on their teams in years past. There's another Bearcat who just signed as an undrafted free agent who I think emerged as kind of an underrated fan favorite last year for the Bearcats. So we'll get into that with Luke after I explain to you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to com- compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but you got to try this. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And all you have to do right now is walk to your nearest Walmart today, to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars, a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. Or if you don't like to save money and live better, but really, who doesn't? If you're close to Sam's Club, hashtag not sponsored. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box that hit flavors. Brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. For everyday listeners, on tomorrow's show, Lockdown Cougars host Jake Hatch. And I are going to do a crossover between the Bearcats and the BYU Cougars. Both teams going into the Big 12 in what, just over seven weeks now. The Bearcats and BYU that close to being members of the Big 12. Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings back with me on today's show. So, I know you've already hit on this, but is... Is there any other way besides special teams that's the best way for Ivan Pace Jr. to work his way onto the roster? I mean, if if he's if it's not going to be special teams, which maybe, right? I don't think it's crazy to see a rookie come in and win like the the fourth linebacker job here. Um, the Vikings have pretty high. I know the Vikings have a high opinion of a guy like Troy Reader because Kevin O'Connell won a Super Bowl with Troy Reader starting on the other side. Now he was on the offense and Troy Reader was on the defense. So maybe that connection is is more just word of mouth. But, um, you know, the, the, after that, and and even that is tenuous, the competition is is Troy Dye. Uh, again, the guy from Oregon that, that college fans might remember from a while ago has not really turned out to be the sort of versatile, do every do it all linebacker we we thought. And he's in the last year of a contract anyways of his rookie deal. 
William Quenku, who was an undrafted free agent last year, who made the practice squad. Uh, and then it's Ivan Pace and, by the way, Wilson Huber, both joining the Vikings, uh, both those guys. And uh, Abraham Boplan, who I, I don't know a lot about, but I think is also kind of a weird body who you're just see- seeing, hmm, I don't know, maybe he'll make the team. That's the room. Can you place top four? in that room, then you can just make the team and who cares about special teams. And I, I think if you can get him in with the twos, maybe he'll, he might have to be with the threes off the bat. But if you get him in with the threes and he's making a ton of plays and he's beating other guards that also went on undrafted and, you know, beating them to the spot, making good tackles, making plays, you earn your way up to the second team. And then if you can make some plays on the second team and say, Hey, look, I belong here on the second team. He's not going to win the starting job. That's those aren't really available to him, but if you can go on to the second team and prove that you belong there, absolutely. And and what was this guy was supposed to be? What like a fourth, fifth round pick? Fourth round pick making the team is not that. Yeah, like fourth round pick making the team isn't the craziest thing in the world. And the fact that his draft stock fell further than it should might have just been about the economics of the position. Maybe there were just too many linebackers, and all the all the teams that were going to draft him already got their linebacker elsewhere, so he didn't get drafted. Like that kind of thing happens all the time. That's that that isn't necessarily a reflection. But yeah, I mean, these undrafted guys, you can look all over the Vikings roster and find players. I mean, he's not there anymore, but Adam Thielen's kind of the major example of this. Of hey, rookie minicamp, totally unknown worked his tail end off, ended up carving out a, a, a Pro Bowl career. Sure. Yeah, and I might it's as well ask you. It's possible for you. I might as well ask you, Luke, about Will Huber, another guy from the Bearcats who signed as an undrafted free agent. What are, um, Do you think he has a chance to find his way on the 53-man roster come the start of the season? I, I kind of want to flip that back on you. He has the same chance. I mean, everything I've said about Ivan Pace so far – also applies to Wilson Huber. If you, if you can place top four in that relatively sorry group of linebackers, congratulations, you get a roster spot. But I guess the question is, what does, because I, I don't see both him and Ivan Pace making the team. I, I think that would be a really interesting outcome. It's not impossible, but I probably wouldn't predict it. Uh, you're also looking at scout team spots too. You know, if I, Ivan Pace doesn't make the team, Maybe you put him on the practice squad. You ask him to put on a whole bunch of muscle and, and see if you can try this again next year. Um, so I guess the question is, what does Wilson Huber offer that you don't get with Ivan Pace? Because I know he had like half as much production, but what like what would yeah. be the thing that he brings? It's a, it's a really good question. Uh, definitely experience. I mean, he was a six-year player, six-year player in college mm. football which, I mean, it's it, it's more common now than it was maybe 10 years ago because of the extra year of eligibility and the transfer portal. But I, I think you're right. I, I'm not going to diminish anything Will Huber accomplished, Wilson Huber accomplished as a Cincinnati Bearcat. He's going to bring a lot of energy. He's going to bring a leadership role or a leadership, which, I mean, now, when you come in as a rookie, it's hard to yeah, you know, it's hard. have a leadership role unless you're Joe Burrow and you just have immediate command of the room. But... I do think he's he's gonna bring he's gonna bring energy. He's gonna bring I, I think and yes, he didn't have nearly as much productivity as Ivan Pace Jr. did, but I think he's gonna bring a a very uh I just feel like he can get to the quarterback. He definitely has that ability. He might be 
I mean, if he does make the team, maybe on special teams, he did play special teams. He did recover a fumble actually at Notre Dame in 2021. So that's what I would say. But it's hard. I mean, outside of energy and experience, that those are the two things he'll bring. Because, like you said, Ivan Bass Jr. was a much more prominent player than Will Huber was. Now, this isn't the first time that you've had some Bearcats or the Vikings have had mm-hmm. some Bearcats on their team. Luke, I'm going to throw out this name to you. Mike Boone. Oh, yeah. Uh, wide receiver convert, right? He was a running back. He was Dalvin Cook's backup at one mm-hmm. point. 2018, I think, was the year he he made the team. Yep. He is still carving yes. a decent career for himself. Is he still in Denver? I'm going to look that up. I, uh, I have... I need, I need, I need to do a show of like, like where are yeah, they? Like now? where yeah, are they now? <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so Mike Boone. To your point, yes, he is, I believe, with Denver. Let's see. Last year, he ran for 102 yards on 24 carries. Yeah. Uh, actually, he was actually, hurt a lot with of the last year, if I remember. The Texans. He's with the Houston Texans. Those excuse me. See, Texans. see when I see. See, here's what's misleading. On ESPN, they show you that he's in a Broncos jersey, but then they say he's with the Houston Texans. So they need to update that. He just signed that. Just... Okay, yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they so have a pick he... of him in a Texans. I don't think he's put on a Texans jersey yet. They haven't started. <laughs> no, but um, okay. So he's still in the NFL, which is good. Mm-hmm. So you've had Mike Boone. I'm trying to think of any other Bearcats that you've had. Let's see. I know you've had a Cincinnati native. Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you probably can go on with stories about oh, him. Oh, sure. Absolutely. One of the best tight ends for years in the NFL, including the game-winning touchdown at New Orleans in the 2020 or 2019 NFC wildcard game. Yep. Uh, one of many incredibly heroic moments we have. I mean, Kyle Rudolph was a Viking for 10 years. He's still like a, a pillar of, of the community in, in Minneapolis, even though he doesn't play really? for the Vikings anymore. I think, I don't think he moved. I think he still lives in Minnesota and he just travels for games. And once he retires, he'll, re- he might do the one day contract, retire a Viking thing, ring of okay. honor, the whole deal. He's, he's a legend here for sure. I'm trying to go back and see if there's any, any Bearcats I've missed that have gone on to play for well, the I- Minnesota Vikings. I can give you a really fun Mike Boone story um, Let's hear it. of his rookie year. He was an undrafted free agent uh, and he came in with another undrafted free agent named Rock Thomas. I forget where he went to school, but they were both okay. running backs and Mike Boone was sort of the the lightning. You know, he's a little bit new to the position, but he's, you know, so athletic and, he, and it's so exciting. Maybe he can still be a cat, a pass catcher out of the backfield. And this other guy, Rock Thomas, who's also kind of lighting things up, made a bunch of clutch plays in the preseason. I want to say this was the 2018 pre- preseason. Um, they had Dalvin cook in the building. Um, they had, I think they still had Latavius Murray in the building. If I remember, like they had a really, really full running back room and they ended up keeping both Mike Boone and rock Thomas. Cause both guys had such electrifying preseasons that both guys stayed on the team. Uh, rock Thomas ended up getting in trouble. So he didn't make it through the whole year on the team. Uh, but Mike Boone ended up kind of being a, low-key member uh, like a a rotational player that actually got in got carries was really really cool ended up not work not um i think it was either a final roster cut or he might have just had his his contract expire ended up going to the broncos was 
a really exciting signing for them. He was one of those guys that was like your deep league fantasy waiver wire guy. And so the fantasy community was like, oh, he's finally going to get his starting shot in, in Denver. And he actually got a chance to compete for that job. Comes to joint practices at TCO Performance Center in Minnesota. Broncos and Vikings did joint practices 2021, I think. Blew out his knee. And now it's all kind of been uh, recovering from that. But he has carved out a nice little curve. So you want to talk about these undrafted guys as a running back, yeah. being in the league for, for four or five years, that's a good run. That's for, for an undrafted guy. So that's something he can always, I think, feel proud of. No question about it. All right, I got one more question for you about Ivan Pace Jr. and Will Huber because I do think that this will play to their advantage. We'll get to that next. So with the Vikings, if for my Bearcats audience who hasn't kept up with Minnesota, but – you should, because if you're a Bearcats fan, hopefully you're also a Bengals fan. The Vikings do come to Cincinnati later this season. Mm. But out is Ed Donatel in Brian Flores. Luke, former linebackers coach for the Patriots, won a Super Bowl with them. So mm-hmm. does that matter to Pace and Huber trying to make the team? Stylistically, yeah, that's a huge difference. Um what Donatel asked of linebackers is so different than from what Brian Flores asked of linebackers. I don't know what the Bearcats ran, so you'll have to tell me what the be- which one you think is a better fit here. But Donatel was a lot more about keeping things in front of you. Uh, it was very soft coverage, which got him burned a lot. A lot of you know uncontested seven-yard completions because you were keeping everything in front of you. But it was also a lot of reading. The way that linebackers would read in the Donatel system uh, uh, against pass plays often would be you go read an alignment, so your your eyes go to the outside. And then your eyes go back to, or it was the other way around. You, your eyes on the quarterback, watch for quick game, and then your eyes go outside, and then your eyes have to come back to the quarterback once you've identified what what the route concept, is, like what routes the receivers have declared, who's coming across to your side, who's coming into your zone, um, and figure all that out. So it was like kind of a three-point read. It was like straight ahead, outside, straight ahead. Um, with Flores, it's a lot more matchup dependent. There's a lot more just pure cover one, cover zero. You're either blitzing or okay, I have the running back. I run wherever he runs. And it's a little simpler, but now you got to cover the running back. You don't get any advantages from being in a zone and having your heels planted somewhere and kind of understanding the greater part of the play. You got, you got to just man up against that dude. So if you got if you got Christian McCaffrey on the other side or for since Joe Mixon on the other side or whoever the you know primary receiving back is there for the Bengals, um, you got to run with that guy. You got to, you got to keep up with that guy. So it's a much different skill set um, that... I think asks a little bit more from them as players, but asks them to think a whole bunch less. And, and the Vikings really got s- smoked defensively a lot of times over the 2022 season thinking players thinking a lot. Uh, so I, I don't know what that is, who that suits better. Cause some, some linebackers are really, really cerebral and really are, are good at that. Like read, 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 react, go play. But you know, when they're tasked with just, hanging on with a shifty running back that might not be their skill set. So you, you'll kind of have to tell me who that fits better with. Uh, but I, I would say that that's the primary difference. It's a lot more doing. It's a lot less thinking. Definitely think that 
I would say, you know, Ivan Pace is a guy who wants to go after the quarterback. He doesn't like to sit back in coverage. Will Huber, well, there's a lot of the same way. Do what? There's a lot of blitzing. That's okay. That's good. That that's really good because I think that those guys and Pace is mainly this guy. Wilson Huber is too. You just didn't really see a lot of it because Ivan Pace dwarfed everybody on the defense last year for the Bearcats, but. I think they can do well in a Flores defense as opposed to a Donatel defense because Ivan, I don't think, I don't remember how many interceptions Ivan Pace had last year. I don't even remember if Wilson Huber had interception last year. So it's definitely more about getting after the quarterback and blitzing. It's a more, they thrive in an aggressive defense, which is what Mike Tressel had last year and 2021 for the Bearcats and what Marcus Freeman had for four seasons prior to that. All right, Luke. So I like to do this with guests I have on that um, aren't from the Cincinnati area. I like to ask some wild card questions. And this one, this, oh this first one's really interesting. Here we go. So before this show, for our audiences listening to this, so before this show, I said to Luke, these are two guys talking who are fans of teams who are a combined 0-7 in Super Bowls. All right. <laughs> now. Okay. Luke Braun, host of Lockdown Vikings. I got to ask you. And I asked this from some as someone who lived through the Marvin Lewis Bengals. Okay? As someone who lived through the Cincinnati sports curse. Take me inside the mindset of a Vikings fan. Like, are they, are they, are, are they <laughs> fans who always assume the worst is going to happen when you get to a big oh, game, yeah. particularly the playoffs. Okay. Like, Oh yeah. Take, take me inside the mindset of a Vikings fan. I'm, I'm really curious to hear this. Well, I'll have to plug uh, myself here. I, on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Luke Braun NFL. Last year, I did a documentary series on the history of the entire Vikings. It's seven episodes averaging about an hour each big, long season of, of, of a docuseries. Um, going all the way from the beginning before there was even football in Minnesota all the way through the uh, the 2021 season. And in doing that, you see exactly why Vikings fans are the way they are. That it is, it's every single time, it's Charlie Brown and, and you know, Lucy with oh. the ball. Like, it's every single time. The Vikings superpower, and I know the Bengals have been through plenty, so, you know, preaching to the choir a yeah. little bit. But, oh, yeah. The Vikings superpower is building you up before they let you down. You know, you look at a team like the Falcons, they lose in all these crazy ways. And you're like, wow, they're like really, truly conjuring painful losses or, you know, something like the Browns or, or the Lions where it's just been sort of futility forever. Um, the Vikings are so good at making you believe even no matter how cynical you are, there will always be that moment where you're like, maybe this really is it. Maybe this is the year. It'll creep into your head. There's nothing you can do about it. Some people won't admit it, but they've thought it. I know that they've thought it, but it's also, I mean, it's the Midwest, you know? The smartest person in the room is the first person to tell you that winter's coming soon. Um, the, the, <laughs> come on, that's the Midwest, right? That's before. That's that is an observation from someone who grew up in the Midwest but no longer lives in the Midwest, going, wow, people are a lot more cynical in the Midwest than they are out on the West Coast. Um, and I think that cynicism it, it leaks into and in some cases is born of sports. I mean, we've got the Timberwolves too, that you know, 
that's they're the lions of basketball. We've got the the wild who can't win a playoff series. Got a couple of world series with the twins 30 years ago, but that's, it's been a while. Minnesota sports is, is truly a gut punch factory. And you can just see that pain in everybody. Anytime the Vikings do something, go look, go look at the Twitter replies and there will always be somebody saying, this is why we won't win the Super Bowl." It's it's never there's no pattern to what is why we will never win the Super Bowl. But whatever the Vikings do, that's truly the real problem. The cynicism is off the charts to the point where some people just can't even be interacted with anymore. And uh, I get it. You know, 60 years of trauma, you're going to be a little bit of a weird person. So the Vikings have been in existence since 19, excuse me, 1960. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it was their first real season. 61. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excuse me. See, again, I, I should listen to you because you you did a you did a docu-series on Watch the, the history, history of the Vikings. Maybe. <laughs> they were incorporated in 1960, so you're like from in the eyes of the US government, but their first season was 61. Oh yeah, there see there it is. First season 1961 as I'm as I'm looking at this. Now so they went to four Super Bowls in, and here's the crazy part is they went to four Super Bowls in eight years. Mm-hmm. And yet they haven't been back since now. Yeah. You, now you say, now you, I, I, you, you brought up kickers and oh, no. I don't know if I should go too far into this Luke, <laughs> because I'm strong. You can, I mean, do I do I ask you which is worse between Gary Anderson and Blair Walsh? Oh, it's Anderson for sure. Blair Walsh is a wild card game. It hurts, but it was also that was the Cam Newton MVP Panthers year. So we all kind of knew it was all a consolation prize. Cam Newton was winning the NFC. Um, you know, if, if the Arizona Cardinals were going to go get blown out in that NFC championship game, I don't think the Vikings do a lot better, but boy. How do you shank that one? But the, the Gary Anderson season, you got to understand, was magical. I mean, that was a whole bunch of underdogs, people who were overlooked. It was it, the, like the America's Game episode would have been so good. And they just made one anyways. They made up a whole new series just so that they could have uh, called America's Game, The Missing Rings. So they could yeah. tell the story of Chris Carter yeah. and Randy Moss and Denny Green and John Randall, all these people who were overlooked. John Randall was too small. You know, Chris Carter got cut by the Eagles because, uh, well, he was dealing with addiction. He had to co- overcome that. Randy Moss was, uh, you know, in trouble all the time. And he he had to just be given an opportunity to prove what he could do and, and who he could be all over this team. There were players like that and they were a juggernaut. They were hanging 50 on people. They took the Packers who had won the Super Bowl, dunked on them on Monday night. They dunked on the, the Cowboys peak Troy Aikman Cowboys on, uh, on Thanksgiving in that famous game. Everybody remembers it was such a cool season only for the the missed kick to happen and all the overtime stuff and to to get upset by a two score underdog in in the Falcons who yeah. then went and got dunked on in the in the Super Bowl anyways. Now see, now see I was born in 98 in Atlanta, which was of course the year of the game oh. that we're talking about. Now, do you think the Vikings would have beaten Denver in the Super Bowl because that Denver team was yes. unbelievably yes. good? You think they would have? 
Absolutely. That team was untouchable, truly. They were really hurt in that Falcons game, but it was all minor stuff. Guys would have come back but from those injuries, but with with the two weeks. Um but they they were banged up and playing through stuff they like if they could have just survived that Falcons game, I think they go and and beat that that Denver team. That that Falcons team, as good as they were, they were not the better team versus the Vikings. They just caught the Vikings at their weakest. Interesting. All right. So have you been to Cincinnati? I have not. You have not. Oh, you have not. So you haven't, so you haven't seen for yourself what you've been hearing, how we put chili and cheese on spaghetti and we call it good. I have made it actually. You've made, oh, you've made, Uh, okay. So you've made it. Yes. A recipe given to me by Jake Lisko, who does Locked on Bengals. Yes. Um, Yep. Yep, he gave me a recipe. I made it when the the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Um, I did eat a lot of that with spaghetti. It was nice. Uh, big old pile okay. of cheese. It was great. But I also, I did a, like a fusion thing and combined it with a California burrito, which was to die for. A little avocado and some Skyline chili. I didn't think it would work wow. out well, but it did. I'm going to have to try this. <laughs> have, you, have you tried Grater's ice cream yet? Um, unfamiliar, unfamiliar with Grater's ice cream. Okay. How about, um, have you heard about Montgomery and ribs? Uh, no, no, but I would try okay. all that stuff. We'll get to yes. Cincinnati someday. A- a- anytime. Well, I mean, you could come this year when your Vikings come to play the Bengals for the second time in three years. First time post Mike Zimmer. Now Luke Braun, give me the ex, give me what fans expect from Minnesota this year. Do you think the Vikings get any primetime games on the schedule release that comes out tomorrow as we as we talk on this Wednesday, May 10th? Do you think the Vikings get a primetime game? Maybe the Vikings-Bengals becomes a primetime game this year. That could be one. I, I think because they're on a first-place schedule, it makes sense. I mean, they got the Eagles, they've got the 49ers, um, the, the Bengals, they have, they have the Chiefs coming to U.S. Bank. So there's a lot that could go to primetime. So probably, yeah. I would prefer for them not to. <laughs> I, I don't like covering primetime games. I like it. I live on the West Coast. I like it when the game's over by one thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Luke Braun, locked on Vikings, also locked on NFL on Tuesdays. You can follow him on Twitter at, you can follow him on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Great uh, having you on today, Luke. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, best of luck to you, and best of luck to your uh, your Minnesota Vikings this year. Thanks. Best of luck to you guys too. Thank you, and of course, hopefully, Ivan Pace Jr. and Will Huber make the team. Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings. Jake Hatch from Locked On Cougars will join me tomorrow for a Bearcats BYU crossover as both teams embark on their first seasons in the Big Twelve. Speaking of that, we are now eight days away, eight days away from the day one tour, the Bearcats day one tour featuring head coaches from various athletic programs and athletic department administrators and the MC voice of the Bearcats, Dan Hoard, coming to Columbus, Central Ohio. The day one tour making a stop at the BrewDog Dog Tap here in Columbus next Thursday, May 18th. I hope to see some of you there. Looking forward to that. As for me, I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. 
Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Jay Catch of Lockdown Cougars joins me tomorrow for a crossover Bearcats BYU going to the Big 12 edition. Until then, have a great rest of your day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, and I'm back tomorrow with Jay Catch of Lockdown Cougars and a crossover right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.